to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com what is pleasure pleasure is anything that makes you feel good pleasure is an experience pleasure is your birthright you deserve pleasure i'm nicoletta heidegger sex therapist sexologist and host of the podcast sluts and scholars and i'm michelle lamore international burlesque artist empowerment advocate and host of the podcast look down there and together we are into pleasure into pleasure is a pleasure positive virtual event where a diverse group of intimacy experts present varying paths to pleasure you'll learn from nicoletta where you will discover how to prepare your body for pleasure and learn how to remove those pleasure blocks. Goddess Coco Meow will show you how to combine beauty care rituals into your kink and BDSM play. Javé Debay will teach you how to make the home movies of your fantasies. Leafbound and Icarus will show you the ropes in an introduction to rope bondage, where you will learn special knots and witness a demonstration. And finally, I'll be leading you through a pleasure recess, where you will learn how to access pleasure in your body and move it through your body all while listening to your guests and only doing what feels good. You can join us for the full day, or you can choose your pleasure a la carte and pick and choose the classes that work for you. Anyone who registers for three or more classes will receive a digital gift bag that include discounts to pleasure products and services. All classes will be on Zoom, so if you can't attend live, no problem. Everything will be recorded. Into Pleasure is for all women and marginalized genders who want to explore more of their pleasure potential. Whether you are just starting out or a pleasure pro, Into Pleasure is sure to please. Join us on April 2nd for this pleasure positive virtual event. Don't pleasure delay. Grab your tickets now at intopleasure.com. See you on April 2nd. Thanks for tuning in. Sluts and Scholars is a sex-positive, shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter. While we love to give advice and resources, please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I am excited as we are doing a part two of a bonus episode on pleasure. I am co-hosting today with the amazing Michelle Lamore, past guest, burlesque sensation, and the founder of an upcoming event that I am lucky enough to co-host with called Into Pleasure, which is happening on April 2nd. The first part of this episode is an interview with with me and Michelle, which you can find on the Shameless Sex podcast, available anywhere you get your podcasts. And now we will dive into part two, discussing pleasure with partners. So introducing Amy from the Shameless Sex podcast, Amy wears many hats within the field of human sexuality, most recently being co-host of the Shameless Sex podcast, as well as 2022's Sexpert of the Year within the pleasure industry. Amy is a sex and relationship coach trained in both the somatica and Hakomi Method, certified sex educator, 
lead educator for Uber Lube, as well as co-owner, I love this, of a mother-daughter-owned online pleasure boutique called Pure Pleasure Shop. Amy has a passion for promoting shame-free, pleasure-focused sexuality education while emphasizing the deep emotional and energetic forces behind great sex and intimate connection. Offering everything from private sessions to how-to workshops to erotic empowerment retreats, and Shameless Sex is also a part of the Pleasure Podcast family. Welcome, Amy, and our co-host, Michelle Lamour. Oh, thanks Hello. for having us. Hi. <laughs> okay, Amy. Yes. This mother-daughter shop. Is this are you the mother? Are you the daughter? Are you just a, an extra person? What's She's happening? Both, both this, the mother. This is amazing. I'm mothering myself and so me and myself. No, it's my myself and my mom. Um, who my mom, Janice is her name. I don't usually use names on podcasts unless I have permission, but my mom has always given me permission to use her name. Uh we opened this shop uh God. Ooh, go 2008 and uh, uh, brick and mortar in Santa Cruz, a sex positive sex shop modeled after other sex positive sex shops that you've seen around the United States where the toys out there on like on display, you can touch it. There's no toxic materials. And we have sex ed, had sex ed classes. And I say had because we sold the brick and mortar store after 12 years of being open right before oh. the COVID days, which is a good thing because we got real lucky not owning a brick and mortar during the COVID days. And now we're just purepleasureshop.com online. So yeah. yes, yeah. obviously a diff- different upbringing than most people. <laughs> that is amazing. And I'll talk to you later to have you on my podcast. <laughs> You and your mom. I need a mom yeah. Ooh, for Mother's Day. That'd be fun. Ooh, yeah. Um, yes, I will reach out to you for that. Okay. <laughs> can you can you tell me a little bit more about what Hakomi method is? Yeah, a lot of people think Hakomi. They're like, it's ja- it's a Japanese. Like, what does Hakomi mean? Um, so okay, so my training. See, there's the sex certification, sex educator certification training through Swissy. There's the Somatica training. Uh, Somatica is a trademark name for uh, sex and relationship coaching training. Hakomi is its own training that does not really have to do with sex. It has to do with the holistic being. And I would describe it as a um, more holistic therapeutic practice that is body-centered, body-based, or also known as somatic. So like a somatic therapy method. And there's a lot of them out there that, so it's not talk therapy where we just talk about, you know, your problems and your issues and, and X, Y, and Z. We actually maybe talk a little bit and then we would understand where the sensations are in your body and go into that. And then the messages, images, the history might uncover through that. And we work with that material. Um, and so I am not an expert in this. I'm not a teacher of this. I am trained in this. And I took this training so that I could incorporate it in working with people because I saw that when I was doing sex and relationship coaching, sometimes they would have a big process about something that, um, that needed more tending to, and I need at least some level of skill to, to work with that big piece. And so that's why I took that training. Uh, it's a wonderful offering and you can find most people would be a therapist that did a Hakomi training. Like they'd be a licensed therapist who also has, is, is trained in Hakomi. Uh, and it's a wonderful um, offering modality. I'm just a big fan of anything that's somatic because these bodies, they're very brilliant, but they also are so, um, they're sponges and they hold in all the things. And so we kind of need to work with them and not just with the head, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how is that different from somatica? Is somatica just purely like a pleasure-based one? 
Somatica is, yeah, yeah. So Somatica kind of takes bits and pieces from various modalities. I believe that people, the two women that created Somatica took, or they both, they took both the sexological bodywork training. So hands-on bodywork to heal, heal trauma or teach, learn, educate. But it's not just like, I'm going to touch your body for pleasure. Um, it's, it's much more, I would almost say like, clinical, but they don't develop, you don't develop a relationship with your clients. It's not about the emotional aspects. It's about the physical uh, aspects of the body. And then there's, um, then, you know, and so they, they kind of combine that with the idea that I think they also took Hakomi, perhaps I, that has not been confirmed, but maybe, uh, but there's the idea that the intimacy piece was missing. And so for a lot of folks, when it comes to sex and relationships to, in order to work on or heal the, the sex and relationship stuff, um, especially the relational component, there almost needs to be a relational container with the, within the therapeutic container that needs to be professional, of course. Um, but in a way that's still like, you can dive deep into it. So um, Tomatica trains people on how to be a sex and relationship coach with specific boundaries. You're fully clothed. You're never touching to the point of orgasm. You're not kissing anyone, yet you might be touching. Um, And I actually don't practice a lot of that. And actually, these days, I should have changed my bio. I'm actually not taking any new clients or working with people. (laughs) Sorry, I forgot that part. Um, But yes, so they're, they're different in these ways, yet they're both about the body um, and one is just more about sexuality and intimacy and the other one is about the holistic being and sexual sexuality and intimacy can be a component of it. Yeah, I think for listeners out there, and I've talked about this a little on the podcast, but if you want to like see that in action, um, I'm not a fan of everything they do, but I think they actually did a really good job with this. Goop just came out with a sex, love, and goop special, um, and it features some folks who are uh, somatica and hakomi and sexological body work are trained, and you can see what that kind of hands-on work looks like. Um, and I think it's really beautiful, magnificent, wonderful. I've done it myself as a client, both solo and with a partner, and just that level of like doing things in the body um, really takes shit to the next level. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, uh, the Darshana who was the on that show, who was the sexological body worker. And uh, she's been on our podcast and she's not someone I've done sexological body work with, but she was in my somatic training. um, And I, too, have been uh, a client of sexological body work. And I mean, it's changed my life in various ways. Like I've, I've done a a sexological body work session with someone that I felt really safe with and interested where the next day I was ready to leave a a five and a half year toxic relationship. Now I'm not saying this will happen for all of you. (laughs) And I'm not saying that that's the only thing that helped me figure that out. And there was something about the embodied experience within a safe container that was just monumental for me. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you asked about that, Michelle. I've I've definitely been going on like a somatic tangent on my podcast, which some people love and other people are like, stop talking about the body. And I'm like, yeah. I won't stop. <laughs> no, I'm not- like holding back from asking a zillion more questions. And I'm like, I will just overtake this with somatics. So, <laughs> so I mean, fair saying that. Yeah. Okay, so if you go and listen to part one of this episode uh, on Shameless Sex, we talk a lot about uh, an upcoming event that Michelle and I are co-hosting together um, called Into Pleasure and kind of why we did that and some tips for like getting into pleasure as an individual. Um, so I would say for me, it's it's easier for a lot of my clients to kind of practice 
I mean, it's not easy, but it's easier for them to practice pleasure on their own. Um, and then they find it difficult to translate it to being with a partner. Um, so what are some ways, Amy, that you've found uh, to get people comfortable experiencing pleasure with or in front of a partner, whether that be orgasm or just just pleasure? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny when you say that, I'm like, wow, it's so much easier to try to do it with a partner than on my own <laughs> for myself. Yeah. What makes it easier with a partner? Because with a partner, I can just be a you know pillow princess or just lay there and relax and receive or whatever and just like, rely on someone else. I'm doing air quotes, you know, because I don't think it's really the, the ultimate way. It's not that helpful, everyone, just so you know, it hasn't really helped me that long the mm. way. But it was, Okay, I stand corrected. For some, it is harder on your yeah. own. For others, harder with a partner. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. And, but I think for, for most that what you're saying, cause I, I, I too have seen most of our listeners when they send in questions that it seems easier for them to self pleasure or tap into their pleasure on their own. And then all of a sudden there was someone else and they're like, Oh my goodness, this is really complicated. And now I'm in my head and I have to take on another energy. And what are they thinking? Or what are they feeling? And am I good enough? And ah, it's all the things. Whereas when I'm by myself, I might still have some of those thoughts, actually, like, am I good enough? Do I, am I doing this right? Do I look sexy enough? Am I moving right? You know, and so, yes, it, it's, I think for me, just the, it's, it's more of um, a discipline thing, I would say. Uh, I do, I do wonder if people who feel more comfortable with a partner, if it's because we're taught that like other people own our pleasure, mm -hmm. right? Or like other people, like I, I can't do this on my own because of shame of self-pleasure that like, you're supposed to have a, a man there to like teach you how to do it. Like yeah. A foil. Yeah. 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 So, so I didn't, so I never had shame around it. And, and so that, yeah, cause there was never a shame piece about it. It's, but I am raised with like the caretaking culture of, you mm -hmm. know, and, and you know, the, the, the part about, um, it, and also just not being raised, knowing a lot about self-pleasure and masturbation. Some kids just naturally are like grinding against the couch. Cause that's what their body tells them. And they listen And my body just never told me to do that. And if I did it, nope, I bet I wouldn't have received shame because my parents probably would have been like, all right, cool. You're grinding against the couch. That's great. Maybe be just grinding against your bed but in there when you know grandma and grandpa are in the room and you know but like that's cool that's your pleasure but i never explored that so anyways side note it's not what you're asking you're asking about bringing it into partnership um, and this will go with exactly what y'all said on shameless sex <laughs> part one which is slowness and not moving too fast right so you know if we're coming into partnership and or, or sorry, intimacy in partnership. And when I say partnership, that might just mean casual sex. I'm not saying you're like married to the person or you're, you know, the, it, this could be something, someone that you've only been with once or never been with or someone you've been with for five years. And, um, and slowing things down and not moving so fast that you're overriding the body. And when the mind starts to have all those thoughts of like, am I doing this right? You know, what, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? Instead of just ignoring that, and when we ignore it, we often move faster sometimes. We're just like, you know, autopilot robots. When we move so fast, we don't get to feel all, all of our body sensations, but we also kind of miss out on our partner's sensations and experiences as well and, and what we experience of their sensations. Um, so there's this aspect of slowing down and then don't, or not don't, but I, my advice is uh, how can we maybe avoid ignoring those voices and in a way not speak to all of them. Like right now I'm really uncomfortable right now. It says I'm crazy right now. It says I'm insecure instead outing kind of the elephant in the room of, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of in my head right now. 
I'm, I'm feeling a little insecure or I'm feeling just really like hard to be present or in my body right now. So can we slow down, press pause? Can we take some breaths together? Or if you have some tools, which we can maybe talk about later, uh, what you know might help you to become more present and in your body to uh, ask for those. And it also maybe and this is maybe a, a tangent too, but asking the, for those aside from the sexual experience, like before the sexual experience too, if you have those, um, but not being afraid to speak to, I'm not really here right now and I'm a kind of scared and here's what would really help me um, or here's what I need right now. And that might help to create some spaciousness for a conversation um, or just starting to take baby steps towards what would feel really good just in this moment. Like not the big thing, you know, like moving to full blown deep, deep anal or something, you know, like just the next step of as your hands go around my body, I'm starting to feel like I'm in my head and my body's tightening up. How about we just stay here with your hands around my body and take some breaths without moving one step further and then see what happens. And I'll let you know what I need next. You know, it's mm. so, so it's like a and then you earlier, Michelle was like, I could ask all the questions about somatics and, and Nicoletta, you're like, all your, your listeners are like, oh, you keep talking about the body. But like, really, it just kind of comes down to that. It's this is pleasure. So it's yeah. all interrelated. There's no way to avoid it. Yeah. Totally. And I, I feel like judgment is something that we all struggle with. Like, even if you're going to be even if you're the most practiced, present person, you're still going to have this moment of like judgment that you have to sit with and try not to judge the judgment, right? So what happens when you start judging the judgment? Because I think that I, I notice people doing that a lot in my classes too. That's like the, uh, you, that was, I forgot what it's from. I think it's a Buddhist thing where like you, th the, there's the first dart is the hurt and then you throw another second dart at your own hurt and now you're judging the hurt. It's like the hurt on the hurt. Yeah. And now you're like double whammy. And I mean, this is why I would say taking up a meditation practice is quite brilliant for every aspect of your life, especially sexuality, because then you can actually see when that happens. A lot of us, including myself to this day, who has a meditation practice, sometimes I miss the judgment on the judgment you know there's the hurt and now i'm judging the hurt and now i'm like extra confused and lost but when i have um, a meditation practice and especially if i tie it into my eroticism because there are erotic meditation practices that you can take on or learn um, then i might be able to see when that's happening and be more an observer and notice and then i can implement the tool oh I'm starting to judge myself for doing this thing. Okay. And then it could even laugh about like, oh, oh my God, I'm a silly human doing silly human things. That's what, just look at me and my monkey brain. Okay. Deep breath. <sighs> All right. What, what do I need now? Cause you know, let's just let that judgment go over here and what would be useful right now to move forward and not attach to that part of me. And I think going back to, we were talking in part one about the erotic blueprints. And I found with clients too, that it's really helpful if you know your blueprint, that you know how to, what past guest Emily Nagoski calls like, you know, re-accelerating or like uh, turning off the brakes or turning off the offs. So if you know, like what, does your body usually need to be open to the idea of getting turned on? And you know that based on your erotic style, then you can kind of pick and choose things that actually work for you to get back into your body. So like if you're a, 
sensual person and your erotic blueprint, it might not work to have that conversation in your head of like, okay, let's just recognize this thought and this feeling because then you're staying in your head. You might need a physical sensation to bring you back. Like, okay, I just need to be held for a moment or I need to smell this candle or I need to feel the soft sheets on me or I need to like touch my face with my hands. So like if you know your style, I found that it can be much easier to know what you need to like come back Mm -hmm. to the moment. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, for me as someone, I was actually talking about this today, uh, my coping mechanism when things feel really hard or scary, especially if I'm triggered, is the fawning. So that's like the compliant one who's like, let me appease you so I don't lose the love. Let me say all Same. Yeah, yeah. Same. And, and then my next one is freezing, except actually sometimes it freeze. So numbing out, disassociating. And in those moments, if you were, to, if I was in a freeze, just that mode, and you said, you know, what do you do? What do you want? Like, I, I don't know, you know, I just would be this frozen. So I could have all the tools that I know of, but they wouldn't be really available. And this would be help helpful when I'm speaking to people beyond casual sex um, and, and what you're speaking to also the blueprints. Uh, if you know these things about yourself and you are in partnership of some sort or partnerships, um, the more sharing before intimate experiences about these aspects. Here's what happens when I'm triggered. Here's what happens when, um, you know, I get self-conscious. Here's how I feel my most erotic self. Here's the tools when I feel disconnected to my body. The more we lay that out, uh, there's no promises that it will happen, but the more helpful it will be. And this doesn't have to, again, be within you know, long-term relationships and marriage, but, you know, we can do this with people that we are intimate with, you know, more than, than once, and as long as we know these things about ourselves. So something that's been challenging for me in my life is that I always thought that pleasure and sex had to just happen, like just magic and everybody would just know what it is that I wanted. Um, And then I, I viewed like having these conversations as a mood killer and didn't realize how exciting being intentional about pleasure actually is. So what do you say to someone who's like, yeah, I shouldn't have to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. That totally takes me out of the mood. Like how, how can we move past that? Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's a spontaneous, yeah. Sex should just be spontaneous. It should just happen. If we have to talk about putting the condom on, then it ruins the mood, you know, or if we have to talk about, you know, the yeses and nos and boundaries, it ruins the mood. And um, so it, yeah, yeah. like you were saying to pause and say like, oh, can we just breathe here for a minute? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's hard for a lot of it, people to say. A hundred percent. It's hard because, yeah, we're afraid of killing, killing the moment and all of a sudden or rejection or, you know, all losing the love. Um, and so, yeah, the, their heart, there's, it's a complex question. And this is why, again, more emphasis on the conversation, how to have it happening outside of the sexual experience beforehand as much as possible as is available is really helpful. Um, and so that's not when people are naked. It's not like midway through the session. This is, you know, in a place where people have their, are in their highest of spirits and they have space to have these conversations, but that's not always available, right? So sometimes we need to talk about sex. If we're talking about talking about sex, like, hey, honey, I want to talk to you about how I'd like to have more sex. And I think we'll probably get to there later in this podcast. 
Um, but, and, and, but there's a way to make that even fun and playful and sexy, right? Like it doesn't have to just be like, here's a really hard conversation. Um, but I think what you're speaking to is more like insects, right? Is my, my correct about that? Like when we're actually having sex and we're actually in the oh, intimacy? No, I was talking about it, like how you were just talking about it. Before. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So yeah. before, great. Yeah. So, so then beforehand, if we were going to talk about having sex, so I'm a big fan of sex life check-ins. Um, and th- so, or intimacy check-ins or however, whatever name feels good for you. Um, this could be, say you are a non-monogamous and you have four partners and every single time you're going to be intimate with each of them, you sit down before you are intimate with them and you have this check-in to you're in a monogamous relationship and you do this once a week, uh, twice a month, once a month, whatever fits your life. And then I would sit down and start with what are the really fucking awesome things that are happening? What's feeling really good, sexy, hot and juicy? Like, let's let's celebrate some things. It might not just be sex, too. It might just be relational. You know, it might just be like, I love the other day when you took the garbage out. That was made me feel so good inside and so cared for. Or, you know, so I love hot. It. Yeah, so hot. When you changed the hamster cage or <laughs> cleaned up the dog poop or whatever, you know. But, <laughs> and I advise, you know, if you can get a little deep to like the other day when I came home and was having a stressful day and you, you know, rubbed my shoulders and gave me a big hug and, you know, you know X, Y, and Z, that felt really good. Or to sex, um, when we were having sex the other day and, um, you know, I, I came before I wanted to and you just kept playing with me and, and kissing me and pleasuring me and, and loving me and that felt really good because then I didn't feel really insecure about my performance. Um, so, so se- the celebration pieces, and then we can go into the, you know, what am I wanting more of? So not like what's wrong, you know, what's broken, <laughs> but like, you know, what am I desiring more of here? Like what, what is there some, some pieces here that I feel like could use a little bit of attention or, or work here. Yeah, so maybe is that last example of the performance thing. So maybe that didn't happen. I, I came faster than I wanted to. And you were like, all right, well, good night. And you rolled over and I was real sad about it. And, uh, and, and I didn't say anything, but right now I just celebrated something. Thanks for taking the garbage out and the massage. Woo. And the other night when we had sex and, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm using the word came because I'm not going to make it a gender thing. So if I say ejaculated, you're all going to think I'm talking about penises, but there are vulva owners that think they orgasm too soon as well. So I orgasmed or I came sooner than I um, would have liked to. And then you kind of rolled over and, uh, and, the, and the play was over. And what I really like is um, in those moments, because I have these insecurities that come up, I would li- really like at least just like some sort of engagement, like some sort of continued connection of, and it just, it could just be hands or, you know, or just, or just our bodies or eye gazing or something, but just some sort of continued engagement. Um, so that's a really long answer to your question, but there were, you know, you were celebrating first and finding the many aspects of what that can be. And then we're making the asks. Don't come up with a laundry list of 20 asks, by the way. <laughs> Don't do two celebrations and 20 things that are wrong. Um, and just make this something that is like almost a fun exercise that you can do. And then, and then you open the doors for them to do the same, your partner or partners to do the same. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I definitely do those check-ins, but this is uh, a really nice bit of advice. So I'll be using that 
Thank you. <laughs> I I love the check-ins too. And even though this is my field, I find that it is hard to like integrate this and put it into practice. Um, anything for you that you found most helpful in practicing this? Because I think, like I said, for myself included, and this is my field, but especially for clients, it's like, yeah, that all sounds good. But like really putting it into practice and remembering to do this and keeping up with like a ongoing check-in, like, dang, that's hard sometimes. Totally. And everyone's different, right? There's some people are more planners. Like, are you someone that puts in that, that phone call you need to make later in your phone? Or, you know, the fact that you should, if you haven't called your mother in three weeks and you put it in your planner to call them, well, then you're probably someone who would do really well with planning this and making it. Totally. So I have to done. put it in my calendar. Otherwise, oh, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So it's like every, you know, every Tuesday, yeah, yeah. for some reason, I love Tuesdays. Every Tuesday is <laughs> sex life check-in day, even if you're not going to have sex that day too. It doesn't have yeah. to be a day you're going to have sex, right? It's this is sex life check-in day. So in, if you're a planner, some people are very resistant, as you probably know, Nicoletta, in your profession. They're like planning, ah, and there it's it's just like they're yeah. Again, they're another not, thing that's been re that's been unfortunately branded as not sexy, but it can be very sexy. Yeah, and yeah, and, and so if there's yes, if so if you're reasoning for thinking it's not sexy, make it sexy. Like there's a way again. Like maybe sexy is not the word. Maybe sexy is not your word. But I'm saying like. My not horrible like, ser and serious. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's do it while we're on a nice walk or taking a bath yeah. or... Yeah. yeah. And make and it I fun. Love, I think, like, making reservations is one of the most sexy things ever. So, like... Like dinner yeah. reservations? Yeah, I love it. I'm just like, oh, you know. And so we can make a reservation to have our sex life check-in. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think when, when a partner or yeah, when someone says, hey, this is really important to me, let's make a, a reservation or a date for this. The other partner often be like, wow, I'm that important that you want to make, you know, want to carve out time for this. And for some people, though, they might be like, that's really stressful. My life is overwhelming. I can't commit to that. Um, and so in that case, it, you know, it, because of what happens, like what you're speaking to is it gets put in the back burner. Yeah, this sounds great. Let's do it like three times. And then they stop doing it. And, and it really is some, a, a commitment. And I love how I have these uh, friends who I won't get into their whole story, but you know, they're around 60 years old. They're the, each other's second loves after like a lot of heartbreak with their first loves of like divorce and death and you know, grieving and all kinds of things. And, um, they are the most like loving relationship i've ever seen uh, and they have what they call sacred oh it's a wooey word everyone so maybe this isn't your word so i'll just call it intimacy nights once a week and it's always on you know maybe friday or something not tuesdays not to them yeah no they're like a weekend kind of because you know what they want to do they want to sleep in and have a lot of sex the next day and uh but but it doesn't mean that just because you carved out time for this thing it doesn't mean you have sex, right? So if we if we designate sex life check-in is one thing. Like if we do a sex life check-in, I could have a migraine and still do it, right? But like if I all of a sudden, you know, heard some terrible news about a family member that had passed or something, fine, don't do the sex life check-in. But make it a priority. Like really look at it as like tending to the health and well-being of your relationship and your yourself, just as you would, like, I have a doctor's appointment, I'm going to go to that thing and not show up for it. Like, well, you know, some people do that, but really look at, at it as this important uh, thing. And so for these intimacy nights that this couple 
sets every week, um, it, it doesn't mean that they're going to have sex. It means when they show up for this intimacy night, no matter what, they will show up, they'll see what's available in that moment. And today I might just be available for a hug right now, but I'm going to stay connected to you and not get on my phone. And we have two hours designated and we're going to stay in that and see what happens throughout the, the time. And maybe later on, I'll all of a sudden want, you know, my mouth on your genitals, who knows, but we take it moment to moment, but we don't disregard it unless there's some emergency, like really not just because I'm tired or I want to watch a show or I had a hard day because this is, this is really important to tend to the connection here. And if I don't, and I continue to not do that, all of a sudden now we might have a really big rupture that takes a lot of time to repair. And then we go to Nicoletta and we give her all of our monies and she's so worth it. <laughs> but you go and do that, you know, at that point, it's going to take a lot more time versus if we go to Nicoletta when we're just like just starting to have things, that's the time to really do the work. And, and there's preventative things that we can do that's really helpful. Yeah, I had a, a professor um, in college who called it scheduled spontaneity. I like that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you have this time that's set aside that you're prioritizing, but within that time, you can pick whatever you want off the menu. So it doesn't have to be like, this is sex night. And if we don't have sex, you know, it's bad. Because um, sometimes you're not in the space for whatever that is, or just expanding the definition of sex. Um, I mean, I think this all sounds wonderful when people are on the same page. But something that I see a lot of in my practice is, and this is literally every couple, not just in my practice, friends, family, myself, that not everyone's desire levels and timing lines up or interests, whether that be in conversations or being physically intimate. So let's say you are a partner who wants more of these conversations or more sexy time than your partner. Um, any tips on what you should do with yourself to avoid feeling resentful or mm. to wait for them to join you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, so I like how you asked that question because most people be like, well, what do you do with the partnership? You're saying, what do you do with yourself? <laughs> like, how, well, because I, I think if I say what do, in, said in a different way, then it's like that person ends up becoming a nag. And then the person who isn't in that space ends up feeling like guilty for rejecting them. And then it's a whole spiral. So it's yeah. sort of like taking responsibility for your own desire. And like, what do you, aside from just masturbating, like, what, what do you do with yourself? Yeah, just a whole bunch of baiting. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, that's not, that's not my, my answer in that. I mean, yes, masturbation, well, that's one part of yeah, that's one, one part. part. Yes. Masturbation is a wonderful way. And it, but it, but also if, you know, if we're to have, we have all these desires to feel wanted and desired more and to have more touch and pleasure and we just bottle it up and we are just like, well, you know, they're not on the same page. So I'm going to deal with it. And I, I'm just masturbating, you know, five times a day. Yeah. It's like, you, you want a burger, but you're just getting a slider and it's not yeah. fulfilling, but you still want the burger, right? <laughs> like, Yes. And then and that, more analogies. Yeah. She's so good at this. I feel like we could just do like an analogy show. If you didn't listen to part one, you go check it out. She's full of that. Thank you. I'm, I'm sure it's all over your podcast. Um, yeah. So obviously we, it's helpful to speak to these pieces without pressure. Right. So without saying this is your problem partner, I want more sex. You want less 
sex. This is your problem. Something wrong with you. We need to fix this uh, because you, we all know how that goes. Uh, so my understanding is there's always two sides. There's always two parts. When something feels out of balance, when it feels like there's an issue or a problem there, you know, in, and we're dealing with, you know, more than ourselves in relationship, whether it's one or, or, or sorry, two or plus people. And um, there are uh, multiple contributions into this experience. And that's important to take into account. Now, who contributes what, blah, 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 doesn't necessarily matter who's responsible for more or what. Um, some folks would say, you know, the partner that desires less sex should be more in charge. Some folks would say the de- person that desires more sex uh, should have more, I don't know, say, or I don't, I don't know. It, none of that really necessarily matters. It's more about negotiation and working together while doing your own work on your own, on your own. It's like a balance, right? So yeah, well, one more metaphor. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Would you <laughs> give it to me? Give it to me. Well, because I think often the pressure gets put on the person who's maybe desiring uh, less potentially. And it reminds me of the metaphor of like, you can only walk as like, if you're hiking, you can only walk as fast as the slowest hiker. Right. So I think the person who wants less ends up setting the pace. Mm -hmm. um, And that's where the resentment then comes in for the other person because they feel like they're just like waiting for crumbs. Yeah. Yeah. They're like scraps. All right, fine. I'll take the scraps, but they're desiring. But, and then there's also the experience of the person, you know, so if we're talking about like the fawning folks, you know, who are doing the whole compliance thing and, you know, they're desiring less or they're not ready, but they're still trying to catch up with a fast hiker. There's that one too. And, and, and so there's the, and they're like, I'm not going to go on a hike with you again. Oh yeah. Never. Yeah. I'm just done hiking. I'm just, (laughs) hiking. It's not my thing. Uh, Yeah. So I guess, to to answer the question, the piece about um, obviously speaking to it and having these conversations and and understanding that uh, what you're speaking to is like, um, you know, desire discrepancy is uh, when we have mismatching, which when I say mismatching, I don't really like it because it feels a little bit like we're puzzles and they don't fit, but they're not exactly the same levels of desire. And I can tell you that if you're in a long-term relationship with someone for five to 10 years, you will experience that. And if right now, if it feels great and you've been there for three or four years, at some point, you will have a moment or a time where you'll be like, wow, you're here and I'm here. And how do we, you know, how do we do this? So yeah. is the conversation there uh, where here's, here's my wants, needs and desires, here's yours. And how do we put those together? And if that's not available, then what, you know, what is available? And it's a matter of how far can I lean into you and you lean into me without us losing ourselves? Um, and so if you're taking like those little Venn diagrams, those little circles and they're going towards each other and they start to overlap, it's, it's, you know, how far can your circle go to the other circle before you actually just lost yourself entirely in terms of your needs and the caretaking of yourself. So I'm with a partner who, let's say I'm with a partner who, um, wants less sex than I do. I want a lot of sex and they don't, they're actually like, you know, pretty close off to it. Um, you know, for, for me, yeah, masturbation could be a piece. Uh, and, uh, there, I think that is a complicated piece because there's the understanding of what does sex mean to me? Like you said about, you know, Jaya's peace and knowledge. Is it about feeling wanted and desired? Is it about actual touch? Is it about orgasm? Um, you know, what, what am I actually craving and longing for that is, is missing here? And are there ways to, um, 
to experience that or give that to myself outside of this relationship. If it's deep connection where I'm just really connecting and feeling, you know, heard and, you know, and met by someone, can I get that through friendship? Uh, can I get that through, I don't know, non-monogamy? Can I get that through family? Um, and if it's touch, are there other ways that you can get touch that works within the relational field? Can you give the touch to yourself like Michelle would teach probably of how you can move your body and tap into your eroticism as you're probably going to be teaching on April 2nd of 2022. Uh, so there's, it's like a deeper inquiry of what is this longing? What is it asking for? And what are the ways that I can give it to myself? And what are some of the ways that I, I actually can't, that I kind of need in this relationship that I need to be kind of negotiated within? Yeah, I love that. And I think you can even ask for that from your partner. I think a lot of times if you're not naming what your intention is and you're not in the mood for sex in that moment, then the conversation, like there's a, it's a period and it's done as opposed to like, Oh, actually I was just looking for like a little bit of, uh, validation or a little bit of skin to skin contact. So I hear that you're not in the mood for sex, but like, will you just hold me for a few minutes? Um, and then you may find that like you actually got what you needed. But I think for a lot of folks, they, uh, put sex as this thing that is the only way they can get all those needs met. Um, as opposed to like, Oh, there might be other ways I could, uh, I could get this. What is pleasure? Pleasure is anything that makes you feel good. Pleasure is an experience. Pleasure is your birthright. You deserve pleasure. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, sex therapist, sexologist, and host of the podcast Sluts and Scholars. And I'm Michelle Lamore, international burlesque artist, empowerment advocate, and host of the podcast Look Down There. And together, we are Into Pleasure. Into Pleasure is a pleasure-positive virtual event where a diverse group of intimacy experts present varying paths to pleasure. You'll learn from Nicoletta, well, you will discover how to prepare your body for pleasure and learn how to remove those pleasure blocks. Goddess Coco Meow will show you how to combine beauty care rituals into your kink and BDSM play. Javé Debay will teach you how to make the home movies of your fantasies. Leafbound and Icarus will show you the ropes in an introduction to rope bondage, where you will learn special knots and witness a demonstration. And finally, I'll be leading you through a pleasure recess well, you will learn how to access pleasure in your body and move it through your body all while listening to your yes and only doing what feels good. You can join us for the full day or you can choose your pleasure a la carte and pick and choose the classes that work for you. Anyone who registers for three or more classes will receive a digital gift bag that include discounts to pleasure products and services. All classes will be on Zoom, so if you can't attend live, no problem. Everything will be recorded. Into Pleasure is for all women and marginalized genders who want to explore more of their pleasure potential. Whether you are just starting out or a pleasure pro, Into Pleasure is sure to please. Join us on April 2nd for this pleasure positive virtual event. Don't pleasure delay. Grab your tickets now at intopleasure.com. See you on April 2nd. Amy, thank you. And I, there are so many good tips here. Obviously, I want people to uh, check out Shameless Sex um, before I have you introduce what you're doing. Just a little shameless self promo for Michelle and myself. Um, yeah, we we did this episode um, both because we wanted to, you know, feature the one of the ladies of Shameless Sex, um, but also because we we really wanted to 
encourage people to prioritize their pleasure. And one of the ways that we are doing that this year is I teamed up with Michelle Lamore, um, who you've been hearing co-host this episode um, with me. And she started an event last year called Into Pleasure. Um, and I am really lucky to be a part of it this year. We have some amazing speakers, five different pleasure experts that are talking about different ways to get into pleasure. Uh, the event is reserved for women and marginalized genders. Um, and it's happening like Amy said earlier on April 2nd. Uh, it's all day if you want the full day, but you can also pick and choose which classes you want to do. Um, and you can find out all the info about that on intopleasure.com. Uh, and if you missed the first part of this episode, go check out the Shameless Sex Podcast. Um, Amy, Michelle, shout it out. How can people find what you're doing and uh, check out all of your awesome work? So uh, just shamelesssex.com or all the podcast apps where you can just look up Shameless Sex and uh, my podcast is there. I'm a co-host alongside my best friend, partner in crime and fellow sex educator, uh, sex toy. What do we call her? She was a sex toy mogul. Now she has a different name. But anyways, uh, she's in the sex toy industry uh, and you can go and learn more about us there. And, uh, and I just wanted to add to people listening. I love podcasts. I think they're such a great way to listen and learn. I'm so grateful for them. And, and they're also free on most modalities. And this is just in your ears and in your brains and, you know, workshops such as what y'all are offering, which is online. So anyone can do it from anywhere. And, um, and you are going to have a lot of body movement stuff. And you heard us talking about the body stuff before y'all. Uh, yeah, this is all interactive. The, yeah, the invitation there is like, if you're really ready to go and dive deeper, I really highly suggest checking out workshops like such as that where folks like Nicoletta and I know Michelle's expertise really dive deeper into that that piece there that is kind of hard to do when you're just hearing things in your ears. So if you're feeling that calling, go check it out because I have faith in these ladies and the people they name that I've not met, but they sound awesome. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yes. Uh, what a good publicist you are here. Yes, <laughs> yes. thank you. <laughs> yeah, five hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you for saying that. And I also want to note that you know, I know starting out on a journey like this, uh, pursuing your own pleasure can feel very intimidating. Um, but I want to just stress that this is going to be a very welcoming and safe and non-judgmental space. And because it's virtual, you can have your camera off. Off. So we don't even have to see you. <laughs> you can just watch us and, you know, take part and do whatever it is that you want to do. But um, Amy and Nicoletta, you are both awesome. And I'm so happy to be in your presence. And I hope to be in your actual presence soon. Um, and for all of you, you can follow me at Michelle Moore or at my podcast, Look Down There at I Look Down There on Instagram. And don't forget, you can sign up at intopleasure.com. I feel like we should take more minutes just to keep complimenting each other because it's yeah. so good. You're so beautiful. You're what so else amazing. do you like? Yeah, yeah. what else do you like? Yeah. I really like that curtain behind you. It's really beautiful. Okay, just oh, thank you. Okay. Uh yes. Again, listeners, if you want to follow what I'm doing on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, you can listen anywhere you get your podcasts or for more info and to listen somewhere else, you can go to slutsandscholars.com and hope to see you at Into Pleasure on April 2nd. And yeah, thanks so much. Yeah.